Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Perspective Podcast, the first episode of 2022. My name is Michael Mazaritsky. I'm the president of Milestone Asset Management Group, a fee-only registered investment advisor that's located in Avon and in Milford, right here in Connecticut. And uh, joining me is my co-host, uh, Rich Lopresti. Hey, Rich. Hey, how are you, Mike? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. It's been a pretty wild uh, start to 2022 from market perspective, wouldn't you say so? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess 2020 wasn't much different. <laughs> you know, 2021 was kind of interesting as well. So here we are, another year. Very excited about uh, 2022, though. Yeah, another year, another volatility. We seem to have uh, seen a lot of that over the past couple of years, but uh, you know, nothing that we haven't seen before. Um, but today's episode, and I know it's been a little while since we recorded uh, uh, our last episode. We've just been very busy uh, with the year-end planning, and of course, with some of this market volatility, uh, we kind of had to concentrate on other things. But with that said, um, our plan is to be a lot more consistent now and hopefully produce an episode every couple of weeks or so. Uh, at least that's the plan. Right. Now, today's episode is a very interesting one. Um, we have been getting a lot of questions and a lot of requests from prospective clients, really primarily, on this topic. And, you know, Rich and I talked a little bit about it and we figured, hey, why don't we just record a show and just kind of talk a little bit about this particular topic that we're going to discuss today, uh, which has to do with individuals who are either do-it-yourselfers, so for example, somebody who just prefers to manage their own accounts uh, and uh, just need help planning, somebody who's just really looking for some assistance around retirement planning. But before we jump into that, uh, I, I think what we want to do is just kind of cover high level some of the different compensation structures. So when you're working with a financial planner, um, how do you know if is he or she is a fiduciary or non-fiduciary? What are some of the compensation practices that are out there? Um, so we'll cover that very briefly, and then we'll get into the actual meat of the, today's episode. So uh, Rich, do you want to cover a sort of high level on some of the different uh, compensation structures that are available when you're working with a financial advisor as well, maybe just kind of briefly describe fiduciary versus non-fiduciary to our listeners. Yeah, so I mean, it really depends where where you go for your advice. Um, you know, there's full service legacy brokerage firms. You can get advice at your bank, advice at your insurance company. Uh, there's even you know online advice that that you can get. Um, but I guess the basic types or you know, getting compensated for maybe assets under management that you have. And you also do provide planning advice and guidance. Uh, there's other structures where you just pay a fee for advice. Like, a you know, you go into a, a lawyer, lawyer's office or, you know, a doctor's office for a consultation and just kind of get the advice that, that you want and that you require. Um, but then there's also firms out there and structures where people get compensated on products and services that they sell, right? So they're actually selling something to you, uh, you know, and the biggest difference there is they're getting compensated 
as they sell that product to you by the company that is offering that product as opposed to just being charged or just uh, billing uh, with assets under management. So there's pretty pretty big distinctions there. And I can give you, a, give you an example, Michael, uh, tying it into being a fiduciary. So a fiduciary is someone who has your best interests above their own, right? So what that means is that the planner that you're sitting with has your best interest. There's no conflicts of interest between him, you, your family, your situation, and also their firm. Um, but it kind of gets a little, a little hairy as well uh, in certain circumstances with, again, these different firms with different structures. Because a fiduciary of an even higher standard is what a CFP or a certified financial planner is held to. Michael, and I don't know how you can actually have a higher fiduciary standard when, you know, being a fiduciary just means that you have your client's best interest at heart. Um, so the example that I wanted to give is at some of these legacy brokerage firms or insurance companies or more full service or higher end companies, they offer some legacy products or products and services that their firm offers. And sometimes they're not in the best interest of you, even though that person sitting in front of you is actually doing a really good job. And what I mean by that is, you know, mutual funds were created, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, right? And just a little education, there are different types of mutual funds. There's A shares, there's B shares, there's C shares. There are actually different structures of a plan. In some of these institutions, they're still selling A-share mutual funds as opposed to giving you a low-cost ETF um, solution that's also available. And what's shocking is these A-share mutual funds, they actually charge you, um, in most cases, up to a 5.75% front-end load or charge right, for just purchasing the mutual fund. So in my mind, even though that person's a fiduciary, a CFP, um, their firm or the mutual fund company and the advisor just got paid before they actually did anything for you. So that's that's kind of where my gripe is with with that type of stuff there. <laughs> that's a very good point. And uh, we actually, uh, back in September, we recorded an episode that specifically goes over. So if somebody wants to go back and listen to this a little bit more detailed, we have a pretty good episode that we recorded on uh, September 27th called Top Questions to Ask when interviewing a financial planner. You know, Rich and I go into very deep discussion around fiduciary versus non-fiduciary, but you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, I think a lot more people, at least based on my conversations now, are becoming more aware of what a fiduciary versus non-fiduciary is. Uh, but I, I think that the, the topic uh, that we've kind of been coming across um, lately has been a situation where, let's say you're working, you've been employed by the company, you're an executive, you're making a pretty good living, and you kind of been managing your assets yourself, right? So when you're going in and uh, getting closer to retirement, the biggest question that you have is, my gosh, do I have enough money to retire? Not only that, okay, well, if I do have enough money to retire, A, I want somebody to confirm that for me, and B, the next question is, <clears throat> okay, well, let's assume I'm retired. How do I spend it? Okay, well, I have a certain success rate. Like, what do I actually do? 
with this plan. And that actually ties back in into what Richard is just talking about around compensation. So when you are on that journey, when you say, gee, you know what? I really want to get some planning help. I want to go talk to a financial planner. I want to find a fiduciary. Uh, and, and I want to be able to go in and have them run some numbers for me, right? And, and just kind of calculate, am I on track? Am I not on track? What usually happens is you call a financial planner, he or she is a fiduciary, you come in, you sit down with them. Almost every single financial planning firm, in, in my experience, does comprehensive financial planning and portfolio management. Would you agree with that, Rich? Sure. Yeah. So they usually offer both services. However, when you sit down with that individual, the way that individual gets compensated is that they try and they'll, they'll do a plan for you. They deal. They'll they'll give you some numbers. They'll provide you with the outcomes and and percentages and success rates. But then, in order for you them to help you implement it, they ask you to then take all of the assets that you have out there and consolidate it to them. Because the way these companies get compensated is by charging you a percentage of what they manage, right? So it's called the assets under management, which is one of the compensation structures. Very popular. We we do that as well. Um, but that's the main way that they get compensated. Um, so what the, the question then becomes, okay, well, I don't really want you to manage my money. I just need some planning help. And that's when, when you kind of start to run into some issues. What, 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 what do you think about that topic, Rich? I mean, it's just when you got somebody who just yeah. wants some planning help, doesn't really want you to go in and take over their assets and manage it for them because they've been doing a pretty good job with it. Maybe they want to get some objectives, right? Some opinions on it, but they want to be in control of that. Yeah, I mean, the assets are the easy part. I mean, if, as, as long as you kind of kind of know what you're doing and you kind of keep an eye on it, if you're just gonna, you know, you know, manage your own assets just in a traditional way, you know, with asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, I mean, you're going to do okay over time. So, when that happens, you know, their eyes are, you know, the, the whole conversation changes because a lot of advisors, you know, they're not going to be focusing, you know, on the taxes or the distribution strategy or letting you know exactly where you stand, or you know, I mean, it's just. You know, the, the plan is, is is the most important part, and I think the assets are secondary. So what I think Mike is alluding to is that there are planners that are out there that do provide just advice on having your plan and kind of what to do with things every year. You kind of sit down and review the best way to distribute your assets. You know, is my plan still on track? You know, has anything changed in my circumstances? You know, can I spend more? You know, all these different things um, is what a fiduciary should be providing to their client. But again, what Mike is saying is that if there's no assets, well, maybe it's 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 not a conversation that uh, some of these folks have because you know they have families to feed and they don't have the structure or infrastructure to set it up as independent folks do. Yeah, and it's uh, and again, it's not a knock on the what we call the AUM model or the assets under management model. We have clients, you know, we have almost close to hundred million dollars under management that we oversee that we are proactively managing assets for clients. Uh, it's it's definitely something that's out there. Uh, it's just that this particular episode is really geared towards individuals who prefer to manage accounts themselves 
And really, all they want to do is they just want to get the planning help. Uh, it, it, there's actually a statistic out there by uh, WealthRamp that says 70% of those investors that have between a quarter of a million and two and a half million dollars of assets saved up, they all have the same concerns. And their biggest concern is, I just want to make sure that I don't run out of money. Now, imagine if these people actually prefer to manage their own accounts. They don't need an advisor to do it for them. They might want to get an input from the advisor. Um, but they kind of want to be able to be in control of it. The pool of planners that you can now work with significantly shrinks. And what's interesting is that here at Milestone, um, we've always had that uh, fee for planning. So in other words, we have clients that come to us and they just basically do exactly that. It's like, Mike, I just want to make sure that I have all this planning help all through the year, uh, you know, tax reviews, estate planning reviews, you know, rerun our plan. Just do everything that we do to make sure that I'm on track. But I want to manage my own accounts. How do I do that? We've seen a huge influx of prospective clients and new clients coming in that's looking for that specific service. Um, which I find kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, I really wish that more firms would provide uh, this flat of fee for planning service. Um, but that uh, that that uh, pool of uh, financial planning firms hasn't really uh, grown that much. Now, Rich, from from your perspective, like, what is that that uh, is important when it comes down to planning? I know you ma you mentioned that you know running some retirement uh, Monte Carlo analysis and some tax planning. Can you expand a little bit more on sort of what the tax planning or retirement planning analysis kind of looks like for somebody who's looking for that type of help? Well, I think number one, having a plan is 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 paramount. So just really knowing where they stand. So just picture it, you're planning to retire in a year, two years. Uh, maybe you just lost your job and now you're forced into retirement. Just kind of like, can I retire? Can I still you know, live the lifestyle that I want to live and do all those things that are important to me, those different targets? You know, it's different things for different people, but, you know, it's kind of, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, you know, second set of I's for people to see if they miss something. And usually they do, <laughs> to be, be frank about it, because there's a lot of things that we look at um, and they all tie into what Michael was saying, you know, tax planning. Well, you have an asset allocation, but have you considered your asset location? You know, where are these assets? Is it in a tax-free account like a Roth? Is it in a traditional 401k, 403b? You know, is it in a taxable account? You know, do you have a you know large capital gains? Um, you know, determining is your income in retirement when you have to start taking MRDs going to be higher than your income is when you were working? Maybe bumping you into another tax bracket, which might offset or make your you know social security taxed higher or your Medicare premiums go higher. So it's kind of looking at a lot of those dominoes. Um, I mean, it just kind of continues on, you know, is my asset allocation enough? Do I have yeah. enough growth or is, you know, my money being safe in the bank kind of losing purchasing power? So looking at inflation, um, you know, longevity, you know, a lot of folks are living a lot longer these days. So can I stretch that out? But, you know, since I'm living longer, but I, I do have, you know, children and grandchildren that maybe I want to take on vacations and stuff. Can I, can I afford to do that? Right. Um, 
And then, you know, withdrawal rate. So that said asset location, you know, how do I take these assets out? Um, you know, what's the best strategy for me? So, I mean, the list, you know, goes, goes on and on, you know, you know, what happens if the market does crash? Am I, you know, do I have money on the side or am I going to, you know, freak out and just, you know, blow out of my plan? You know, it's more of uh, psychological stuff as well. So just kind of talking people through a lot of things that are on their minds that uh, they might not get out. And most folks, you know, if, if they're married and planning together, you know, we're really having a very in-depth conversation together that possibly they really haven't even had together, <laughs> you know, because people do think about money differently, uh, even if they're, you know, married or been together for, for multiple years. So, um, we're kind of like therapists too. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. You know, one of the questions that I always ask is what's important about money to you? And it, it's interesting so how sometimes, you know, the, the both parties say what's important to them about money. And a lot of times the other person hears it for the first time. Really, what is important to your wife or to your husband? Um, because you've really never had that discussion. You know, it's rare that you have, but most of the time they haven't. But you know, I think everything that you describe, Rich, is, is is great. And I think that both you and I got into this industry because we'd like to help people. You know, I think most financial advisors, I would say probably all of us are in this business because we like to genuinely help people. And uh, I believe that just because you want to manage your own assets and sort of don't want to consolidate or bring your assets to a financial firm to do it for you, maybe even initially, it's still not a reason for you not to be able to receive uh, that very detailed, comprehensive plan that allows you to really sleep at night. You know, a lot of times we would have a prospective client come in and we would run him through a Monte Carlo simulation, which I think every other firm does. Um, and you'll get him to a certain percentage or her to a certain percentage and you say, oh, you got a 90% success rate with your plan. You're good. You're not running out of money as long as you don't underestimating your expenses. You know, we looked at different longevity risks and health risk and inflation risk. You've done a great job of saving, and uh, you have a 90-plus percent success rate. And that's pretty much where the conversation usually shifts from, okay, great, well, now here's what the best asset allocation for you, and maybe you can bring the assets to us, and we can do it for you. I think what the client at that point is sitting there and asking him or herself is, okay, great. I got this $2 million in my accounts. Uh, I, I have a 90% success rate. I'm not running out of money. Now what? What do I do now? I'm retiring. Let's say you're retiring within a year or within two years. How do I spend it? Where is, where is the income going to come from? Which accounts do I take it from? Should it be the same every single year? In other words, should I take money in the same sequence from my accounts? You know, taxable versus tax deferred versus tax free. Should I mix and match? Should I do Roth conversions? Is that something that I'm supposed to look at? because I feel like taxes are going to go up. How do you incorporate that discussion into a retirement planning discussion? And I think this is where a lot of advisors would basically kind of draw the line and say, you got to bring the assets into us, and then we're going to get into all of these calculations and distributions for you. But I, I, I kind of feel sometimes it's a little bit unfair. So I think offering a, a fee for service, sort of we have clients that now retain us on annual basis. When they come to us, they manage their own accounts. We provide them with guidance on what we think they should do with it. But primarily, they work with us on financial planning, tax planning, estate planning, uh, tax minimization strategies, You know, figuring out the best way to distribute the assets. 
which way the how do Roth conversions fit into all of this? When do I start my social security? How do I start? Do I start my wife starts later? Do I start? What do you do? How do you determine it? Uh, what do you think, Rich? I mean, that those are pretty complicated topics that yeah. you have to. It takes a year of planning to be able to kind of look at all of them, right? Because you can't really look at them at the same time. It's a lot well, of work. I, mean, I, I think ongoing advice is is something that is is lacking for again those do it yourselfers because they don't really have anybody to bounce ideas off of, and you know they have to start the conversation all over again. I mean, you could you can go to any advisor and they'll do a review for you um, because they want they want to manage your assets. <laughs> Right. Sure. I mean, let's not beat around the bush there. I mean, that's 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 basically what you know the name of the game is. You know, they have more assets under management, they make more money, they provide a better life for yeah, their there's family. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, not, it's just totally nothing fine. wrong with that. But I think the niche that you're talking about is is those people that want to have this advice, but they also still want to have some control over the direction of, of their assets. They rather make their own money or lose their own money. They don't need someone else to do it for them. But the big but is that when we spend time with people doing these reviews, you know, it's we're kind of intaking all of this information, analyzing it, utilizing multiple systems, our experience, and then putting out to them where they stand in all these different areas and things that they can do. You know, but it shouldn't have to just end there, right? Because once you have a plan, they're approaching retirement. Now they're in retirement. Now they're starting to take funds out. Some of these things that you're talking about, like Roth conversions or distributions, um, they're going to come up at different periods of time at their life, in their life, you know, kind of, you know, maybe some abruptly and maybe some more planned, right? But there's also those unforeseen events. So having someone on retainer, having a relationship with someone is going to be very important because you already opened up and basically told them everything about your hopes, dreams, your financial assets, aspirations, targets, whatever you have there. And now they can come back to you in three months or six months or every year to review things and just to make sure that they're on track. And, you know, it's just more of an updated conversation rather than starting this whole process over again. And, um, you know, this business is really about partnership, relationship. uh, And I think, you know, when people open up, that's how we best can help them. And, you know, they won't be able to do that if they don't have a relationship or in most firms if, you know, you're not managing their assets. Yeah, and again, we're not, we're not trying to say that managing the accounts. I mean, for, for a lot of people, yeah. having a professional and making those decisions for you, is all, it's always the right decision. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times we would meet with somebody because at Milestone, we believe that financial planning is a year-round process. You know, we meet with our clients quarterly, whether they're, planning only or clients that we manage assets for. Because every every quarter we have a different thing that we look at, you know, tax returns, review projections, you know, different distribution strategies, how do you refill your buckets and so on and so forth. But I can't tell you how many times I would meet with a particular client who is a do-it-yourselfer and, you know, you kind of go through a, a sequence and tell them, okay, here's your to-dos for the next three months. And then they come back and, well, you didn't do it. No, I didn't. Well, why not? I didn't get around to it. Well, that's not a really good answer because that's your retirement plan, right? It's it, it's something now all of a sudden you're not implementing the strategy. So we would look at it and we say, hey, listen, it's been two or three meetings. You haven't really implemented anything because you're too busy. Maybe we should take a look at some other options because 
as Rich said, our job is to be sort of this, this coach and also hold you responsible for things that you said you will do. And if you're not doing them at the end of the day, it's got to get done. Um, and so as a fiduciary, sometimes we have those discussions with clients and saying, hey, listen, <laughs> you ain't doing it. Yeah. You're not letting us do it. At the end of the day, you're not following through. Well, why are you paying us the fee if you're not implementing the advice? And if you're too busy to do it, maybe maybe this is the time to take a look and say, okay, <laughs> right. maybe I should move my accounts over because I better pay somebody and get it done versus not paying somebody and not getting it done. Right, Rich? <laughs> right. Well, it's a full-time job. I mean, most people that we deal with are, you know, could be doctors, lawyers, people that worked at corporations for 20 years, 30 years. Busy guys and girls, yes. <laughs> This is not this is not their forte. This is not what they what what they do. This is not their living. This is probably not what they want to do. Um, so certainly not 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 saying that. But you know it ha- it has to be done. You only you only have you know one plan, right? So when you're accumulating your assets, you have more money coming in. Um, you know saving, but you know when you stop working, well, it's going out. So um, <laughs> you know you don't you don't want to mess it up. So. That's a that's a one-time irrevocable event, you know. I don't think you know you get to retire once. You you know measure you better you know, measure a thousand times before you cut it once because uh, I don't know about you, Rich, but when when I retire, the last thing I want to do is go back to work when I'm in my mid eighties because I didn't do something that I was supposed to do. Right. And and I think part of our jobs as financial planners is to really hold clients accountable for what they need to do because you know it's like marriage you know it's 50-50 there's certain things that we have to do and we hold ourselves responsible for it and vice versa but i i really feel that this segment of populations who who is really looking for this comprehensive retirement not just planning but ongoing help with tax minimization, estate planning reviews, making sure that you have all the proper... I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure Rich, this is probably a very similar experience to you as well, regardless of the level of assets. We actually had somebody very recently, uh, uh, later last, late last week, um, you know, a, a pretty successful couple. And when I asked them, when was the last time you updated your will? What do you think they said? They don't have a will. It's pretty much 15 years ago. <laughs> like, well, 15 years is a long period. A lot of things have changed. You know, who was, when I start asking questions about, well, who did you live as a, as a trustee? You know, who was going to be responsible for the, hmm. for the money? Hmm. The question goes like, oh, this person can't do it now. Uh, the kids are older now. So it's, it, it's, the asset level is not always uh, a, a, a good barometer of saying, okay, I'm, all my stuff is in order, right? Well, it's 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 a, it's very important, you know. Will medical directive, power of attorneys, attorney, yeah, making sure all your beneficiaries. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when people pass away, you never you never know if all their affairs are in order. Um, you don't want to talk about it <laughs> while they're alive, right? So you don't want to be like, oh, what am I getting or this? But it's a big big headache, um, and it's not fun to go through probate, not fun to call around to like 16 different firms, provide death certificates and all this. So it's getting organized in the estate planning is also very, very, very important because uh, most people don't think they need an estate or have an estate planning or a trust because they don't think they have enough money. But 
estate planning is is basically for everybody. <laughs> everybody has an estate. Yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. The estate right. planning doesn't mean you got to have to have 40 different trust accounts. There's some basic stuff that you know, we had somebody that reached out to us last week. This individual unfortunately lost her husband and her husband passed away without a will. And this is a second marriage, so the whole situation is definitely now everything is frozen. The assets got going through probate. Uh, so very unfortunate, but at the end of the day, our job as fiduciaries, as financial planners, is to make sure that the people that we work with, which again, we're not a fit for everyone, but the clients that we do work with, uh, we want to make sure we provide massive value to them and reviewing estate plans, tax work, uh, t- minimizing taxation by projecting certain taxable events and Roth conversions and really having a plan in place that's reviewed on ongoing basis, that's the biggest value. It's not really investment management. As you said, Rich, investment is not that complicated, right? It, it, it really isn't. It's what we do in addition to the investment management part of it. And if there are clients that want to manage portfolios themselves with our input on it, they should still be able to get all the planning that they need because they still certainly deserve to retire and receiving subpar planning just because they're not willing to give up control of their assets. I'm doing air quotes, if you can't see me. Is that a good reason, right? I agree. Well, very cool. Uh, you know, we, we do like to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes or so, just not to be too overwhelming. But I guess the, the point of this episode was really co- for us to come out, maybe rant a little bit, but really to highlight the fact that uh, there, is a, there is a gap uh, in our industry where there are certain individuals who are self-directed, who do like to manage their own portfolios, who kind of see that as their thing that they do. But they still, as they get older and they start to earn more money and the savings get larger, they need all the help and same, same exact services that everyone else whose accounts are managed are receiving, but they're not getting it because they're not necessarily willing to provide the assets to manage to the firm. So we will, uh, you know, we are starting to fill that void at Milestone and we've actually Receive, uh, got quite a few new clients just this year alone in that particular segment where we're just doing planning for a flat fee and an ongoing basis. Um, so if anybody has any questions or they'd like to reach out to us, you know, we, you can reach us at milestoneamg.com. You can also give us a call at 860-259-4800. Um, anything you want to add to this before we wrap this up? No, I, I think that's it. I mean, I just think it's it's great to have a planning, a financial planning relationship with a professional advisor, whether it's us or someone else, I think it's really good to have, you know, a second set of eyes on your situation, especially, yeah. you know, if your spouse knows that you're in control and you goof, well, you, <laughs> you, you, you might not be receiving that much love, but uh, uh, in all seriousness, just having a plan, I think is very, very important. So. All right. Absolutely. Well, Richie, it was always fun chatting with you. I hope uh, our listeners enjoyed this episode and uh, we will be a lot more consistent going forward, hoping to produce uh, uh, a new episode every couple of weeks or so. And, uh, uh, well, very good. It was uh, good talking to you, Rich, and I will uh, we'll be back soon. All right. Until next time, everyone. Yeah.